What's up, everybody? We are back again. The Corked Up Podcast episode, NBA playoffs, and a little bit of baseball. Uh, Jackie, how are we feeling today? Good. I like that intro from you, Frank. Um, I mean, no hesitation. I'm, I'm I'm impressed by that. Did you did you think of that before you said anything? I thought of it, and then I actually botched it because I thought of something different when I was in the shower. Uh, but it's <laughs> See, still it's like it's smooth. But the thing is, so I've been, as probably people know, there's a little bit of cross things that people watch both. I've been doing Twitch lately, and I started a YouTube channel with some content. So I've been doing intros for it, and it's been, like, smoother the more I've done it. So I think that's helped as well. Yeah. I, I it, It's one of those things where it's like you, you think of, like, the perfect thing to say, and then you start recording, and you're like, fuck, what, <laughs> what was I going to say? And you completely yeah. forget. And then it turns out into just a, a garbled mess. So... Yeah. Um, but to answer well, then, your question, Frankie, I'm I'm not doing great. All right, I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not doing great. I was doing great. It's having a pretty good day. All right, I was excited for to talk some NBA with you. Uh, I was excited about the the playing stuff. It's a little bit different, you know, something different we haven't really done before. And then Tony Larusa had to open his fucking mouth, Frank. <laughs> that fat fucking old crusty ass mouth. With the clown painted smile on, because that's what he is, Frank. He's a goddamn fucking clown. I mean, so for context, for people who may not know or who aren't, you know, living in Chicago, aren't White Sox fans, aren't, you know, whatever. But the the White Sox were playing the Twins yesterday, and uh, they were up pretty large, pretty, pretty it was a sizable lead, if you will, heading into the the top of the ninth inning, Frank, it was like 14, three or something like that. I don't remember the exact score. Uh, but, uh, the, the twins had their, they brought in their backup catcher position player to throw an inning, you know, get some outs, whatever, not waste their bullpen arms. Dude's hot firing 47 miles an hour. And your mean Mercedes, who's been having, who's been the storyline of, of baseball, uh, or one of them, I should say, but, but an enjoyable one. I got a 28 year old rookie never had success in the majors. He's finally up. He's, he's just mashing the ball, providing offense for uh, an offense that really needs it without Eloy, without Luis Robert and three Oh, apparently he was supposed to take the pitch and he did guy fucking throws a 47 mile an hour. Ephus pitch and your mean takes it deep. And no one has a problem with it except for the Twins, of course, even though they're throwing position players out there. Everyone moves on. We're all happy. White Sox win. And then Tony Larusa today comes out and says, nah, that's, you know, he's going to be punished for that. There's no, no excuse. I apologize to the Twins. Get the fuck out of here. Apologizing to the Twins? Frank, he called your main Mercedes clueless. He said he's a rookie. That's why he's clueless. He doesn't know the game that well. Tony LaRussa at this point calling anyone else clueless is just the definition of irony because he is so goddamn lost in that dugout front. He doesn't know the rules. He's lost games because he doesn't know the fucking rules, but he's so worried about the unwritten rules of baseball. I mean, the guys, you know, like, Tony LaRusso makes a mistake. You don't see Tim Anderson coming out and be like, this fucking jackass in the dugout needs to know better. But what is he? They defend him. 
they say, you know, it's a mistake. It happens. We're all still learning, all still growing together. The first thing he does is throw his guys under the bus. And now Tim Anderson's on, on Instagram saying, you know, commenting, no, it's fine. Keep playing the way you're playing. Like, this isn't good, Frank. It's, it, it really sucks that this enjoyable White Sox team, you know, as the Cubs are kind of middling right now, they're, they're right in the, they're kind of average. Uh, so, you know, you turn to a team that's enjoyable to watch in the White Sox. They score a lot of runs. They have good pitching. And they have a game where they absolutely destroy a division rival that have been whooping on them for years. And all of the joy is taken out because the manager of the team is so goddamn old. He doesn't, the game has passed him by. The White Sox literal slogan is change the game, Frank. And I don't think they meant to have that as their slogan with a manager who is at least a thousand years old. There's my rant, Frank. I didn't give you a whole lot to say and I apologize. Say what you will. No, I I think, you know, we, we called this as soon as the signing happened, as soon as the White Sox signed Tony La Russa, it was like, here we go. Typical Chicago move. We're going, we're digging into the past and, and and not even a successful past. They didn't win a world series with them. It's just, Hey, here's an old guy that everyone knows and loves that had success at another organization. Um, and just seeing sort of, you know, his comments, I don't remember if he was in the front office at the time, but about bat flips, about kneeling, about this, you can tell he is not, you know, he away from baseball, just like societally, he's just disconnected. He, he doesn't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't have, you know, what, I don't think what it takes to connect with young baseball players. Um, you know, especially ones that are on the, the, the White Sox. Um, and you know, even at, I don't know if we said this on the podcast or not, but it was just like, he's going to cost this team important games. And he's already done that. And, I, you know, I'm telling my White Sox friends, I'm like, man, like, I really feel bad for you guys because I legitimately think he's going to lo- he's going to be a re- the reason you all don't win a World Series this year. Be- because, like, he just he, he's more worried about unwritten rules. He's more worried about bat flips. He's more worried about showing people up and all of this and that. Like, get over yourself like that. I He is exactly what's wrong with baseball. Just point blank, yeah. period. Like, for, forget the sabermetrics. Every sport seems outside of maybe football seem to have that right now. Like, you know, I've even seen that in hockey where I'm seeing velocity and slaps this. I, I don't know the terminology, so forgive me. But I've seen a lot of that enter that realm as well. So that's going to exist. Hopefully we can get past that. But just like the sentiment of like, we can't have fun here. This isn't yeah. like, this is like the gentleman's game. And it's like, <laughs> and the people that listen, they, they they may feel that I'm the one that sort of pulls this or sort of thinks this way. But like, to me, there are a lot of racial undertones when it comes to that as well. You okay. know what I mean? And it's like you have yeah. a lot of black and brown players on your roster. And for you to sort of pull that card is like it just doesn't sit very well with me. You know what I mean? It's 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 a very weird. But but this this is like this is what I thought we were getting in the first place with that hire for the White Sox. And, and again, to me, it's like even if you're not a White Sox fan, even if you didn't really care, like, OK, you know, he said that it, he is what's wrong with baseball. Like you should yeah. have fun. Like I remember the, the first time having these sort of thoughts of like, Oh, like baseball can actually be fun. I was a kid and it was the world baseball classic. And it was when Derek Lee was on the Cubs and he was playing for the USA. 
Uh, Adrian Gonzalez was playing for Mexico, and then the Dominican Republic came. David Ortiz was there, and just all the big, I mean, they're, they're all the superstars from the Dominican back in the day. And they're, like, doing bad flips, and, like, the Puerto Rican team is, like, throwing their bad, and no one cares. The Japanese teams are doing the same thing. Chinese, or I don't know if it was China or a different, anyway, the point was, they're, like, having a blast out there. And here comes this boring-ass American team. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, I, no wonder why in Japan, like, they go ballistic in the stands. Yep. Bad flip, big throw. I mean, I remember seeing a highlight of this dude. Like, he damn near hit the, the fucking dome on top with how he threw his bat. And no one thinks anything of it. It's just like, whatever, you're yep. having fun. It's the same thing. Like, we had these gripes way back in the day with the NFL, the No Fun League. We can't do dances. We can't do anything. They've sort of changed their tune a little with that. But it's like... When can we get there with baseball? Who knows? You can't really put a timeline, but I know we can't get there with people like him managing a team that's super fun. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like not, now the thing, and, and we don't have to dig too deep today because it's you know not what the episode's about, but like at what point does the team just turn on him and say like, we don't want this guy here? That, that's the problem. That I mean, if Tim Anderson's already on Instagram making it public that he disagrees with him, uh, Evan Marshall, people were real like looking at his likes on Twitter and he was liking everybody saying that they had issues with it. Like, this isn't good, Frank, like this, like yeah. that, that's the thing. It's not just a one-off. It's not just, Oh, this is publicly criticizing your player for show for doing something where he, he's not guaranteed a career past this point. Like he's making, yep. he needs to go out there and do what he's paid to do and fuck the gent, the whole, you put it perfectly, the gentleman gentleman's game aspect to it. When you're throwing out a position player as a pitcher, you lose all right to, to complain about anything. How is it respecting the game, throwing a guy out there who tops out at 47 miles an hour? Like if you care so much about the game and respecting the game, Put in a legit pitcher in your bullpen and say, we still care about this specific game, even though we're losing a lot. Then maybe that's a little bit different. But if you're throwing, if you're conceding the game by putting out a position player who throws 47 miles an hour, you lose all right to complain about what happens when he gets shelled. And there are pitchers, current pitchers, saying that. Trevor Bauer says it. Alex Wood said, like, legit MLB pitchers are saying they have no problem with it. But it's just this old ass manager yeah. who's catering to these old dumbass fans who can't let the game go. Like they just think baseball is something that it's not. And this sport, Frank, is going to fucking die if it keeps going this way because it's just they're already having so many issues with getting people interested. And now you're actively punishing players for taking away excitement from the game. That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, I, I don't understand how the White Sox can just sit by and and just. And I know it's Jerry Reinsdorf and there's only so much that, you know, Rick Hahn and, and the players can do. But Frank, this, it, this and it's not even like it, it, though. I think the worst part about it is like, just as you said, you know, we were talking about this when it happened in October. So were a lot of people like this is just this was written in blood on the stones like this was going to happen. Everyone knew it, and it sucks because it's just like a freight train. You're just standing on the tracks waiting to get hit. That's yeah. what, That's why this sucks so much. I agree, and I only have two more points because I've seen sort of the sentiment, the the sentiment on Twitter. Um, I guess backing up Tony Larusa, uh, with the first one being, oh, you know, he's just trying to help him not get beamed the next day. Like he's trying to to make it right since they, you know, 
since they felt uh, disrespected or, or whatever, you know, the twins want to say that they were offended or, or whatever. Um, to me, that's that's stupid. If that were his intentions, I don't think you do that publicly. That That's like you're talking about a gentleman's game. But then he just goes out and just throws his guy right under the bus. Like if you really wanted to protect him, you keep him out of the lineup the next day or you sit him aside and say, hey, they may be throwing at you today. Maybe you talk to the other manager, have a dinner with him, talk it over. You can you can go about this d- differently if that was your end goal. You're clear. It's clear his end goal was that, oh, you disrespected the sport and you, just the dumb shit that we've heard for forever. I've dealt with I don't know how much baseball you have played in your life, Jack. I've actually personally maybe that's why I'm a little more passionate about it. Um, than, than other people is I've dealt with those types of sentiments uh, in the past playing with like being a young Latino kid and coaches telling me things like that. Like, Oh, you can't, you know, this isn't ghetto ball or this isn't, th-. and it's, I'm yeah. just like, wait, what? Like, where is this? What, what does this mean? Where, where is this coming from? And there's a lot of that sentiment with especially older white people, uh, well, older white managers, I should say that have that and like general managers and such. Um, so yeah. I think that's, that's why that annoys me. But then two is like, Oh, well, you can't say anything about he. They're in first place, and it's like if you've actually watched them this year, he's lost them more games than they've won. Like you, you can't really pull that card in, in baseball because they have so much talent. And it was the same thing with like Joe Madden. It's another example of Game Seven. He did everything to help to have us lose that game, but the yeah. talent just sort of superseded that. And that's what the White Sox have been doing this whole year. Like they're so talented, yeah. they're down two of their best bats, and they're still winning in spite of their manager not knowing rules and losing them games making really bad in-game decisions, putting together some really odd lineups from game to get like, and they're still winning. So like, you can't say, oh, it's because of it. No, that has nothing to do. Like, stop making that your point because you're only showing that you just, you're just trying to uphold this sort of skeleton of that, that gentleman's thing. And like, we can't have fun here. We have to respect everything. It Like in using La Russa as, you know, as sort of your yeah. uh, savior of that, I guess, in this case. So I just wanted to refute those two points before I was done with it. Yeah, and, and I'll finish it up with this. It's the whole idea that if if he did get hit, if, if the Twins really did throw at your in Merced, like the MLB should have stepped in at that point before today's game and been like, all right, listen, we're not going to do this. Like, get the fuck over it. I, I'm sorry, I, I just... They have they they renounce any right to complain when they stop playing the game seriously. They did it yeah. first. Like I, I yeah. don't understand how this is a White Sox issue. The I Twins know. like and and I get it. It's not a Twins thing to put in a position player. Teams do that to preserve bullpen arms. But like I, at that point, the game is over. Once you put in a guy who can't throw harder than 50 miles an hour, what? what I mean, are you am doing? I supposed to strike out on purpose? I, I I don't understand. Like, I guess what is the end? What where are they coming from? Right. Is what I don't understand. Right. You know. No, and the other thing is, when it comes to throwing at bat, and, and we don't. This is more of a rhetorical question, but like, why do pitchers get to throw, and they they throw 90, some of them 100 miles per hour, at batters and potentially hit them in the head and kill them, but a batter can't run and hit them with the bat. Isn't that the same thing? Like what? what is this? What is this? Like you can legitimately kill somebody. You can break a jaw. You can change their lives forever by throwing at them that hard. And like, everyone's like, Oh yeah, they just, you know, they, they bat flip the bat, the the ad bat before. So he has to throw it his fucking head. Yeah. (laughs) What? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. And it's, it's not the same. People like to compare it to like hockey fights. It's not the same thing. It's, it's just not. Well, no, it's not. Granted, any sort of punch can, hurt somebody yeah but you are you have an opportunity to defend yourself you have an opportunity to defend yourself but more times than not and this is someone who hasn't well you watch much more hockey than me 
if me and you were the ones fighting, I've seen people back off and be like, nah, you got it. I'm not taking my five in the box or you're just, you can kick my ass or whatever. They're not just like getting fucking hit in the back of the head. Like they're sort of like this gentleman's like, all right, are you ready to fucking duke? I'm throwing down my gloves. And if you throw on your gloves, now we're sort of consenting to that fight. If you're the pitcher, I'm not consenting to be like, all right, come and get me. I, I just bat flipped last hit back. Come yeah. and throw at me. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's absurd. I, I think it's dumb as hell, and it's disappointing that, to, that, that Tony La Russa's reaction was that. And I'm glad that everyone kind of understood it for what it was. Like, I, I saw yeah. no one defending him, at least on my Twitter. I don't know about you, but, I, I mean, it was nice to see – you know, big name reporters like Jeff Passan, you know, got real major league players saying, yeah, this is what it is. Like, this is the game. Who cares? Let's have some fucking fun. It's baseball. Like, I, and Frank, it's, you know, this is actually a good transition because as much for, for what, what baseball has done wrong, I think the one sport that truly gets it more than anyone else in terms of how to entertain what the fans want how to market their sport. I think the NBA has done the best job out of the the big four. Um, they let their, their players just be, be themselves. And I think that's awesome. So, you know, I know you want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the NBA playoffs, obviously the playing games are currently happening. Just, you know, peek behind the curtain. This is uh recording on Tuesday night. Uh, so the Pacers and uh, the, the Hornets are going at it right now. Uh, our, our good friend Nas, our good basketball reporter, if you will, was not able to uh, join today's um, today this week's podcast, but uh, we'll definitely make sure to uh, to get him back on here to um, get some thoughts from him, you know, during the playoffs at some point. So Frank, let's get started here. What uh, would you want to talk about first, man? Yeah, I mean, just like I told you off air, this is the most excited I've been for M- the NBA playoffs since probably Derrick Rose's MVP year. Like I-, I am really, and it's not even, obviously the Bulls aren't in it. So it's like, it's just because, you know, some of our complaints, Nas was here, that was episode one. And we were just like, man, there's like no parody. There's not even like a feeling of parody. I can't even convince myself that someone not named like LeBron or Kwai or just one of the only three guys that can win rings are going to win one. But this just feels that way. Granted, LeBron is LeBron. Kawhi is Kawhi. These guys may go on to to win the damn thing. But there's this feeling that like, hey, this year is pretty wide open. Um, So I'm really, really excited about it. The first thing that I did want to talk about, generally speaking first, and then we can sort of maybe dig into tomorrow's games because we can't predict. One game's already going on. The next game may have already started by the time we're in this, uh, this episode. What do you think of... This pl- the 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 play-in game. Do you like a play-in game? Do you like this format? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, so I like the idea of the play-in game. I think it adds a little more excitement towards the end of the season. Um, you know, the Bulls obviously were still kind of like right there, hanging in towards the end. Um, the format is a little wonky. It's a little it's a little weird, uh, as you and I were kind of talking about. Um, so, you know, I'm taking a look on NBA.com right now. They have like a, you know, kind of like a map of like a roadmap of, of how the playoffs and how the playing games work. So it's the, the seven and eight seed. The winner of that game is the seventh seed. The loser goes into another play in game against the nine and 10 seed where the winner of that obviously goes to the eight seed. Um, it's a little weird though, Frank, cause 
I feel like the 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 seven and eight seed are almost being punished. Like the eighth seed is is kind of getting screwed out a little bit. If anything, like you and I were talking about, I would have thought it'd be the ten and the seven versus the eight and the nine in you know those two separate games. Um, more like college basketball, whereas here it's just kind of like, all right, great, you have the eighth best record, but nine and ten have a better shot of making it into the playoffs than you do. So. Um, I don't know. That that was kind of a, a little weird to me. Um, but overall, I think it provides some some real excitement. Um, it gives more teams an opportunity to kind of stay competitive and stay involved towards the end of the season, which I always think is good. Uh, what do you think about, the, you know, the play in format? Are you excited to buy it? Do you have any issues or anything like that either? I'm really excited about it. I, I just think it adds a little bit more pizzazz to the end of the year. Like, Granted, the eight, well, well, this year in the in the West, the eight, the seven and eight seeds, if it's going to be LA and Golden State, they're not going to get trounced. I don't think they have a real shot of winning their series. Um, but generally speaking, they usually get bounced pretty early. So it gives you a little bit of, you know, excitement before that. But just like you said, it on the outset, it does seem a little bit weird that the seven and eight seeds play each other immediately. But then it's like there's a little bit of give and take because it's making the nine and 10 seed, whoever wins that have to really earn their keep. They have to win two games to get in and the loser of the eight and seven still get a chance. They don't just get immediately bounced. So there's that. I would like them to refine it a little bit though. Cause I think just on the outset, it is unfair for the seven and eight seed, um, you know, to, to battle it out for that seven seed. So I, I haven't sat down. I'm, I'm sort of complaining without a solution here uh, and, and to see what it would be. But I think for now it's perfect. And I would hope that, um, they continue with that. I mean, every year, I don't see why we wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to do that because I think not only for the teams that, you know, the, the, the seven through 10 seed, just like you said, a team like the bulls this year and other teams that are super young, that gives them sort of something to play for at the end of the year. If you have a young superstar, I mean, Charlotte snuck their way in as the 10 seed, they may not make the actual playoffs, but Hey, here's a play in game, get some experience with these young kids. You know what I mean? So I think it's beneficial for the whole league to get them a little, you know, get their young kids, uh, you know, John Morant this year as, as the nine seed, get him in there, get a little bit of experience as to what that's going to be. I don't know um, if fans are going to be there, but in future years, they kind of get, get a feel of that atmosphere. You know, it's, 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 I think it's overall very good for the league. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Moving into the actual bracket, because I'm looking at it right here um, as well on NBA.com. I feel, I want to see if you feel any differently. I feel like both conferences are pretty wide open right now. I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers make it to the finals. I wouldn't be shocked if the Clippers made it to the finals. Color me blue. I wouldn't be shocked if Phoenix made it to the finals. Like Utah, Utah, I'm I'm a little questionable about. I I know they're the one seed, but they just gotta they gotta prove it to me because they've come in hot before. But it's the same thing in the East. I wouldn't be shocked if Philly. I mean, probably more so in the East. I wouldn't be shocked if Miami made it. Brooklyn, Philly, New York, Atlanta. I'm a little down on Milwaukee. I can see like, does it feel as wide open to you as it does to me? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it like, I mean, you, you kind of put it perfectly as well earlier when you're talking about how the Lakers and the Warriors, like, honestly, those might be the two best seven and eight seeds in yeah. like NBA playoff history. Like the Lakers are going to be getting a little more healthy. I expect, you know, I think LeBron should be playing. Um, he's, he's had quite a lot of rest on that ankle. Um, you know, I think a lot of that was maintenance issues, but, um, 
yeah, I think that's a tough matchup for for the Suns or for Utah, whoever. And and yeah, you know, just taking a look at on the West side of things, you're right. Utah, they've they've had good records, you know, before they've gone into playoffs, but you know, they gotta like you said, they they really do have to prove it. Just like a lot of these teams, if I'm being completely honest with you, the Clippers, we've seen them go into the playoffs and then you know play. Paul George kind of shows up and you know clangs things off the backboard. So. Um, you know, I, I think the playoffs are just such a different form of basketball, the slowed down version. So I'm curious to see how that, you know, how that affects. Like, I think Portland has a real shot to to take over Denver without, you know, with the injuries that Denver's had. Um, you know, I think you can't really ever count out Dame Lillard. And then on the east side of things, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia being the one seed, uh, I like, I you know, Ben Simmons is a very good player. Is that, is there enough there to to get them past Brooklyn. I I would say I like, I, I like the East because it's a little more wide open than the West. Um, like I think there's some legit powerhouses in the West, whereas the East, I think it's a little bit lower tier. Um, but I think the Nets are probably the team to beat in the entire conference, um, just with obviously the star power that they have. Um, but I, I wouldn't sleep on Boston, man. Like, Boston is too talented to be where they're at in, in the playoff seating at, you know, exactly 500. I, I don't know. I don't really so, understand what's gone wrong there. They don't have a lot of big men help, but we'll see, man. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot more exciting than years past for sure. If you're Boston, do you prefer Philly in round one or Brooklyn? I would rather take Philly. Me too. I, I would rather. But again, Brooklyn. If, if if you're if you're Boston though the the problem is is like how do you stop Embiid? Who's gonna like who's gonna that's a that's a real tough matchup for for Boston because they don't really have a whole lot of interior defense a lot of you know guys who can really match up with Embiid like I would expect Embiid to really kind of take that series away if I'm being yeah. honest with you. yeah and it's it, it for me though Brooklyn just feels like there's a level that they can get to that they haven't yeah. hit yet. That, exactly. That's what makes them scary is like, you know, Kyrie has been taking every third day off for Ramadan and KD's like, yeah, my ankle's kind of sore this week. And like James Harden just got fat again. And they're still the second seed. Like I just feel like they haven't taken this year as serious as they, you know, like I, which isn't yeah. a bad thing. They still got the second. I'm not saying this in a negative way for anyone that's taken it. I'm just saying like, they haven't seemed to try their hardest just yet, and they're still the two seed. So if they well, yeah, really lock it, it in like, for the playoffs, I, I mean, they could yeah. hit a level that, you know, just it seems like completely every, dominates the East. Yeah, it seems like every other game, like, or at least every other, like, a couple days, like, one of the three is out. Like, I, I feel like we really yeah. haven't seen them at full capacity the entire season, like, since the Harden trade. So um, I, I really think Brooklyn is the team to beat. That being said, of course— the three seed with, with Giannis, you can't count the bucks out. Um, I'm just curious to see what style of ball they play in the playoffs. Um, Cause I, you know, we, we know it's difficult for one superstar to, to really win, but I mean, Drew holiday has definitely stepped it up this year. He's been a lot better. Um, he's been a really good addition to, to this yeah. team. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe for sure. Um, the four and five seed, the Knicks and the and the Hawks, I agree with you. I think the Knicks, 
I honestly think there's a good chance the Knicks will sweep them, if I'm being completely honest with you. But I'm, like, I'm on board with you. That's that's just it's just typical Thibodeau ball. Like you got Julius Randle just going absolutely nuts. Most improved player um, by far to me. Uh, absolutely, he won a you know he won the my, my fantasy basketball league for me. Like he was just absolutely unstoppable. Um, but Frank, you know if I'm, I'm if I'm being completely honest with you, man. Indiana's taking it to to Charlotte right now. Yep. I would love to see that matchup with Philly, if I'm being completely honest with you. I'd love to see Indiana matchup with Philly. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, they're going to have to play play the loser of Boston and Washington, which I I think is going to be – well, I I think Washington loses that. And, I mean, Indiana may may beat Washington. Frank, I don't know, man. Like, normally I'd agree with you. That, that Washington is probably going to lose. But, dude, the way Westbrook has been playing lately, that might be – he might be able to carry them to to the victory to, to match up with Brooklyn. And if I'm being honest with you, Frank, that would be quite the interesting matchup with Brad Beal and Russell Westbrook versus Irving, Harden, and, and KD. That would be pretty – that would yeah. be a pretty sweet – matchup right there for you. I mean, I Brooklyn think, probably sweeps them, but for the storylines, for the narrative, I, I I think it fits. I think I'm a little scorned towards Russ because he's a phenomenal basketball player. He gets triple doubles whenever he feels like it, but I've seen him shoot teams out of games and series yeah. so much that it's so hard for me to trust him. And, and, and in a one game, well, he, he's not going to only have one game because if he loses, he gets another shot. But I just mean like against Boston in this one, it's hard for me to imagine, and, and people are going to hear this and the game's going to be over with already, so you could be calling me an idiot already, but I think Brad <laughs> Stevens is going to come up with a good game plan for, a, a, for one game to make sure that he shoots them out of that game. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think, yeah, I, it's just, it's interesting because playoff basketball, like, it's, it's easy to be like, well, I don't really understand why they would change the way that they play, but it's just part of it. Like, you do change your style of play during the playoffs. It just, possessions it, it, just matter slow more. down. Huh? Uh, I just said possessions just matter more in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is what it is. Exactly. The possessions definitely matter. Um, and it, it really does kind of just depend what rust you're getting that day. Like, it... it but but if I'm being honest with you, I think that'd be my dream matchup would be uh, Washington winning against the Celtics to ma- to match up with the Nets and then have it obviously be Indiana versus Boston. I think that'd be a fun little one game play in. And then, uh, yeah, I think I think the Pacers could beat the Celtics at that point and, and, and take it to the to the 76ers. But um, let's jump over <laughs> to the West. Uh, we talked a lot about the East here. Um, Grizzlies and Spurs, Frank. I mean, it's it's not the most eye appealing matchup <laughs> in the world. I love Ja as a player, but just there's not a whole lot around him. You know yeah. what I mean? There's there's just not a whole whole lot going on there. But then on the Spurs side, you have Dejounte Murray, who's been a lot better. You have uh, you know DeRozan. Um, obviously Popovich coaching that game. You can never count them out there. Which way are you leaning for that? If this was a series, I would lean towards Memphis because I think they have more talent all around. 
for a one a one off game, I can see DeRozan just going nuts. Yeah. I mean, because there and and with Pop being the coach too, there there is a clear game plan on how to stop John Moran. He can't shoot. I was just watching him on TV like two or three days ago, and I I think the only player that I've seen in recent times that has gotten more disrespected in terms of like guarding them on the perimeter has been Ben Simmons. They they were underneath the free throw line guarding him and just letting him shoot, <laughs> and he missed about four or five threes in 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 like two or three possessions. Like it's so. I think for a one-off game, even though, just like you said, just in terms of like appeal, there's nothing appealing about this game. Um, I'm going with the Spurs. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Spurs as well in the one in a one-game playoff. Um, just because, like you said, I mean, if if there's any coach in basketball that matters, it's Popovich, right? Like, oh, 100. percent I don't know how you go against him in a one game series. And, you know, Ja kind of reminds me of it like a young, like a young Derrick Rose, like not as explosive in terms of athleticism. Like I don't think anybody will match what Derrick Rose was doing um, when he was coming fresh out of Memphis, but um, ironically, but yeah, Derrick had issues shooting the ball too. And I think that'll be the part of the game that Ja will need to develop. I think the biggest problem with Memphis right now is that, they don't have the type of talent around him that the Bulls did when Derek was really, you know, getting going as a rookie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would lean Spurs, and I think it's simply coaching at that point. Yep, I agree. You know what's interesting, though? When Derek came into the league, no one really cared about his three-point or lack of three-point shooting because all yeah. of his comparisons were to a smaller but more explosive Dwayne Wade. And if he can just, de- right. and, and he started to develop a mid-range game, like they thought of him as like a mid-range guy. If he can get your respect from 18 feet out and you have to move up, he can blow past you. And then we started to really see that. And it's so interesting because it just came to my mind, like we don't hear that anymore. It's like these young explosive guys that like, if they can't shoot the three, they can't succeed. And it's like, damn, like it's just a thought that I had, like that wasn't the sentiment back when Derek was, was on the come up. Everyone just like, as soon as he gets a little bank shot on, on the wings, free throwing in, he's going to be the best player, or he's going to be a top three player in the game. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah well, you're right. And then they just kind of moved on. Now it's like, s- it's like three ball or nothing. It, you kind of see that a little bit in Kobe White, where like Kobe White yep. is that type of explosive athlete who can get to the get to the bucket. But like the way that the game has evolved and the way that he learned at college, like he shoots threes. That's what, that's what he does. But yeah. like you're almost – you almost want to yell at him to be like, dude, drive to the basket. Like that's what you're, that's what you're good at. That's your skill set. But um, I mean, he can shoot the three as well, but I think you kind of saw it towards the end of the season where he was getting a little more confident with driving to the basket and, and, you know, shooting threes a little bit less frequently, but um, yeah, enough about the bulls. We're, we're done talking yeah, about no, that. I, well, I, I, just, I, I wonder <laughs> if there's going to be some sort of like mid range revolution. Of like a, a player or two to just like, no, fuck you guys. Like I'm a mid range guy. That's what I do. And the, I mean, Chris Paul can get away with it because he's been in the league for 18 years. So like no one's going to change his style, but I'd love to see that from, from a young kid. Just be like, no, that's my game. I think it, I think it will need to happen. I think it will happen when, when Steph retires or he's getting up in age. Like he's not, he's not Steph yeah. now because I think until like he, I would argue that right now he's the most probably, if not 
number, I don't know. I was going to say he's the most recognizable player right now. And I so backed off kids, a little bit that because of kids, LeBron. But he LeBron might be, is, though. Yeah, like. Because I the mean, thing is, the thing is, Jack, and, and this isn't a knock on, on LeBron by any means. LeBron doesn't necessarily have like a, a play style. He, he like is just sort of very well-rounded and can do it. Like Steph, I mean, he's like how when we were younger with Kobe, it was like, Kobe, everyone's like Steph. Like when I was coaching kids in, in grammar elementary schools in Chicago, when they shot the ball, they said Curry or, or Steph. They didn't say Kobe. Yeah. Like they, he has a distinct style. So like for, for the young ones, I, I would say he may be, and that's not a knock on LeBron. LeBron's the biggest star in the NBA. Everyone knows that. You know, but for LeBron, yeah, for LeBron, it's more like, and see, this is this is where I'd love to get Nas's opinion on this. So I know, we'll to, I know, we'll have to get him in here and and, and remember some of these questions. But, um, uh, Steph, it's like, or for LeBron, you have to watch the entire game to really appreciate what LeBron is doing. Like he may have a highlight every like, but it but it's so random. Like you need to be watching the entire game to really take in what he's doing. Whereas Steph, it's like, dude, you could watch for maybe if, if you're busy or doing something, you flip on the game for 10 minutes. You're going to see Steph shoot every other minute. Like, yeah. And it, and it, and he usually makes it all. So it's like it's it's I think it's just easier to to acknowledge what he's doing. And I think, I, again, I, that's why I love that matchup of seven, eight LeBron in the war. Like, that's just I love that. I, I think I do that. And, and, and again, what I'm hoping that this playing game the playing tournament really does, Frank. If the, if we get anything out of this, I really hope it, it shows the NBA that just because a series isn't that long doesn't mean it can't be exciting. Because you and mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this. The first round, I think it's too. It's just it, it doesn't need to be a best of seven series. I, I I think baseball has that right with you know the best of three, the best of five, and then the best of seven. Like they kind of figured that out how that how to get that to work and. I just don't think we need to see – now, that being said, if we get seven games of Phoenix and, and Lakers or uh, Utah and and the Warriors, like, then, yeah, get, you know, give us that. That's great. But on the flip side, do we really need seven games of Philadelphia versus Indiana? Like, yeah. I don't think so. I just think I, – but even if the matchup is good, lesser games adds intensity. I agree. Because it's it gives the – it gives it more chance for randomness. And I yep. think you and I have talked about parody when it comes to the NBA and like everything's just so set in stone. And I saw, I saw, um, oh man, who was it? It was, a, I think it was Calais Campbell. That, that's who it was. He was talking about, is it harder to win in football or basketball? And he basically said it out loud. Football is a one, it, it's one game. If your best guy's sitting out, you're screwed. Whereas basketball, the better team usually wins out it's just average right it's just it'll average out um i just think it's so true like i it, it just opens the door for a little more randomness to the nba i i, I, I think I, that's a good thing i think that's a I good agree. thing i agree and i i think i think it's also a good thing when the best team doesn't always win every year like the best yeah. team, you know, like we see it in baseball as well. There, there's a lot of room for randomness in baseball just in general, but we've seen teams sneak in and win it. We've seen teams sneak in in the NFL. So I, 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 I hope you're right. I hope the NBA does see that and maybe continues to tweak things or uh, do something to to add in that. But for this year, I'm really excited for it. But kind of transitioning because we did mention LeBron and Steph. 
I have a question. I don't know if it's something you've thought about. I, I, I've briefly thought about it because I kind of go back and forth with it. Um, does this game between the Lakers and the Warriors, but let's narrow this down to LeBron and Steph, does this mean anything for their legacies? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, LeBron at this point, I, I think I'll, I'll kind of like shift the, the answer a little bit. I think this means more for Anthony Davis than I think it does for LeBron. Because Anthony Davis is a guy who's kind of just been, you know, for better or worse, co- riding the coattails of LeBron. Like Anthony Davis came to the Lakers to win titles and he needs to start pulling his weight. Uh, LeBron, LeBron's not going to be around forever. This is, this is going to be Anthony Davis's team. Like he needs to prove that he is, uh, you know, a, a, an alpha superstar. Like he needs to prove that he's not a, a guy that just gets hurt all the time. And like, you know, puts up 20, 10 every night, like he needs to do more. Um, so I think this does more for him, especially with against the warriors who they don't have anybody to guard him. Like he should dominate this game. I, if if I'm putting money on this game, I'm going with the Lakers, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I, I think Anthony Davis should take over this game pretty easily. Um, for Steph, I don't think so, because I think most people have kind of all just agreed at this point that it's pretty incredible that he's done what he's done to get them here by himself, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else on that roster that, that really gives you any hope, so... Um, what do you think? Do you think, uh, you know, it sounded like you were kind of leading me with that question a little bit. Well, that's no, that's kind of where I lean with it as well. There were a lot of people like, yeah, like if, you know, if Steph wins, he's he takes over as the best uh, of this of it of the era. Or if LeBron does it, he proves that, you know, Steph needed all those guys to beat him in the final. I was just like, that's really what we're taking away from a seven and eight matchup. Like, yeah, it's right. clear that the Lakers were never at, you know, full strength. This year, it's clear that, you know, the Golden State Warriors are just absolutely being, you know, they're in Steph Curry's backpack. Like, I just want to appreciate it for what it is. If I were to put money on it, though, I think I would go Golden State just because we're, we're talking about a, a, a one game, a one off game here. And if I had to pick someone who can just take over a game right now, yeah, it's fucking Steph, man. I mean, this yeah. dude is bonkers right now. I mean, he's yeah. had 31 or 32 30-point games this season. I mean, he, like, and now granted, he can also get cold, and, and with his play style, it's it's very counterintuitive to winning because you just he has to keep shooting to, to catch fire. Um, but if he gets hot, man, I, I, I mean, he can – there's not a team that Golden State can't beat if he's hot. Um, yeah. And I think with LeBron yeah. laboring a little bit with AD sort of, you know, I mean, the, the Lakers kind of look like the Pelicans a little <laughs> with just AD there. Um yeah, I, if I were to put money, I would put it on Golden State. Um, but I'm I'm not putting money because I'm not exactly confident in it. I, you know, <laughs> obviously Le- Le- LeBron is on the Lakers, but I think both will be in the playoffs. Like the, the loser is going to beat the winner of the nine and ten, I think, fairly easily. Um, so we yeah. don't have to worry about that. But I, I'm just excited for the matchup itself. Um, yeah. Which is uh, you know, I mean, how often do you get to see? I mean, we've never seen this before. Two of the yeah, best no. players of an era just going going at it on a one-off game really quick. Like that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's, I think, I, I don't know how it kind of played out like this, but I mean, like, it's interesting because I almost think the 7-8 matchup for the play-in game is more exciting than the 4-5 series for uh, for the East in terms of the Knicks and the Hawks. 
Um, <laughs> I think it's more interesting than Denver and Portland when it comes to the Lakers playing the Warriors. Like they, the NBA kind of lucked out with with how this kind of shook out um, in terms of of how it settled. But yeah, if, I I don't think. Steph winning one game over the Lakers when LeBron hasn't been healthy all season really does any like. Yeah, I agree. No, Steph, Steph, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, don't, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't so, know. I, I don't understand how people just like, like Jojic. How is he not the the MVP? How is he not the clear front runner to to win? Like I know Steph has been playing well, but he's also the eighth seed. Like I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where. There has to, there eventually has to be a definition of what valuable means. Yeah. Because it's like it's clear that Steph Curry is super valuable. They wouldn't be anywhere near the eighth seed if he wasn't on this roster or if he had gotten hurt this year. But I think that's same same to be said with with Jokic in Denver, right? It's like Saturday. It's it's a very weird thing. It's it's always been a narrative driven uh, award. I think those are the top two though. I I would lean Jokic. I I think you know. People who I trust, who are much more knowledgeable at the NBA than me, feel that way as well. That Jokic should win it, but I don't know. I mean, we're, we're we we will see. LeBron has already backed uh, Steph as the MVP, yeah, but probably just to make it if he wins to to make it look a little bit better. And LeBron LeBron also said he hates the play in tournament. So yeah, he did say uh, that. Um, he, so, he has bad opinions. Yeah. Well, the last thing that I wanted to do, if uh, maybe just off the cuff. Uh, wanted to predict the series uh, or just take a pick in series that we know for sure are happening right now. So that's going to be the four sure. and five and the six and three. Um, Nas gave me some, some, some of his takes, even though he couldn't be here. So I'll uh, let you all know some of his thoughts uh, on, on one series in particular. I told him, G- give me, give me something hot. Give me something, you know, scorching. Uh, and, and he gave me something. So um Want to start? Let's start out east. Let's go. Well, we both sort of said it, but we can just kind of solidify it. Four or five Knicks in Atlanta. Who are you going with in that series? I'm going with the Knicks. Um, Tibbs has that team rolling right now. And Julius Randle just having a career season. Like this, it's just been damn impressive what he's been doing. Um, obviously, uh, a little little bias, which is funny because it's towards the Knicks, but course i'm going to be rooting for derrick rose to to advance or, the playoffs I mean, right? well, he's been playing really well and since he's been playing acquired. really well so it's and they got some they got some you know quickly he's really good at point guard there um they have some interesting pieces for sure but uh julius randall um and, and derrick rose are are probably going to be the reasons why i'm going with the knicks in that series absolutely same. I'm, I'm, same i'm going knicks in five i i think i think trey can get them a game if he gets hot but i'm not i'm not sold on atlanta in the slightest. And then sticking in the East, uh, the three seed Milwaukee going up against the Eastern Conference defending champs, defending champions, Eastern Conference reigning champions. Do you reigning, still call them champs? I guess they won the East. Whatever. They did win the East. Yeah. Um, Miami. Who, who, who are we going with here? I'm going with Milwaukee. I just like Holiday and, and Giannis. I, typically in these types of matchups, I go with best player. And uh, I think Giannis is I think he's the best player. Like I, I really do in terms of, you know, style of basketball that they're going to be looking to play. And I think he's a good matchup for Jimmy Butler. So I'm going to go with the Bucks in this one, Frankie. So before I tell you what I think, this was the series that Nas gave me his take on. I'm going to, and as a matter of fact, it was a really funny exchange. Uh, Nas said, Hey man, sorry, can't record tonight. He's uh he's been moving, he moved into a new apartment. Uh, so congratulations Nas on finding a new spot. 
I said, damn, man, that sucks. I said, give me a one-liner, something that, you know, that let the, the right out of the, the mouth of Nas. So this is his first one-liner. He said, move, he said, hey, guys, moving has been a whirlwind. Going to be putting together loads of furniture, and then I have a meeting to get to. And I said, Nas, I was expecting a basketball take. He said, oh. <laughs> he said, oh, the Bucks are in trouble in round one. Oh, he gave me two takes. So so the Bucks are in trouble in round one, and that two, LeBron is going to glide into the conference finals uh, w- without an issue. I said, uh-oh. Why? Yeah, glide into it. He, th- he thinks LeBron is just taking the Lakers right onto the conference finals. And I said, okay. uh-oh, Miami in six. And he said, this is not a great matchup for the Bucks. So then I said, this is a little banter. I said, is it ever a great matchup when your best player can't shoot outside of 12 feet? And he said, I want you and everyone else that listens to know, including Jack, that um, Giannis is statistically the best paint scorer since Shaq. So put some fucking respect on his name. Um, though, I don't right disrespect him. I don't disrespect, I disrespect him. I disrespect yeah, you Giannis. do. I, I disrespect Giannis. But I'm going, I'm going upset here, man. I'm taking, I'm taking the heat in six. You're listening think, to Nas. Um, I, I was I was feeling upset beforehand. Had he said Milwaukee, I think I would have switched. But since he <laughs> since he he didn't necessarily pick Miami, he just said Milwaukee's in trouble. So since I had that feeling going in, I'm sticking with it. I'm going Miami. And okay. uh, well, I, I think I'm Miami gonna... sneaks past yeah. him. I'll be the contrarian here. I, I don't. I'll take. I'll take the. I'll take the lumps if if it if it happens the other way. I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah, I'll be the contrarian. I don't care. Um, All right. So let's uh. The, let's let's yeah. move over to the west. We'll go four five seed. The four seed Clippers versus the five seed Dallas Mavericks. What are we working with, Jack? Well, Frank, as you know, uh, my dynasty basketball team for a very long time was Apple Time and. Uh, you very well know that that uh, if not my, uh, you know what? Honestly, I'll just say it. Favorite player in the NBA right now, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, for for much of the off the court antics as well as on the court, because I really do think he's probably a serial killer. Um, I mean, who brings a knife and a fork to eat apples? That's just that's insanity. Um, so I'm going Clippers. I'm going Clippers sweep. Four game sweep. I'm forecasting a pretty easy time for the Clippers as well. I think, I mean, Dallas has played wonderful in the second half of the season. They got off to a really slow start, and there was a lot of question marks about them. But I think just knowing that playoff the playoff basketball slows down in general, but then knowing what Kawhi Leonard does to slow down the game in playoff time, I don't think that's a good mm-hmm. matchup for Dallas. I, it was a pretty unfortunate matchup for them because, you know, they've been playing very well lately. I don't think Luka is going to be able to handle, or, or, or I don't want to say handle. I don't think he's going to be able to do anything with the Clippers. I, I'm going Clippers in four or five myself. Um, yeah, especially with Kawhi guarding Luka. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, tough. those crunch that's time minutes, that's, I mean, but even if he's not, even if Paul George is guard, I mean, he's going to have a hard time in crunch time. We know yeah. where the ball's going in crunch time. Luka's their best player. You have two of the best wing defenders in the league on you all of the fourth quarter. That's That's rough. And then moving on to the last one that we'll predict here, um, three seed Denver versus six seed Portland. What are we working with, Jack? I'm I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go how the playoffs should go. I'm gonna go with Denver here. Um, love Dame, love him, respect him, but I don't know, man. I, I think Denver's defense is 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 a little too long for for that Portland squad. 
Um, and Jojic, in, in my opinion, is the MVP. So I think he should, if he is the MVP, he should take care of Portland pretty, pretty easily. And yeah, I, I, I think Portland can maybe get two games. I think this will go six. I think this will go six, but I think Denver will win in six games. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking too. Denver in six or seven. Um, Dame, I think is my favorite player right now. I, I, I just love, you know, everything that he stands for. Um, just his attitude towards things, mm-hmm. just sort of his, you know, we, we, there's sort of that fine line of how annoying celebrities or, or athletes can be on social media, but he's yeah. just so cutthroat about it and like savvy about it <laughs> that I love it. Um, yeah. and I, I just think he's good enough to get them two or three games. Uh, Denver obviously has a lot of depth. Um, it sucks that Jamal Murray is out for the season. Cause I, I think with Jamal Murray, they would have had a real, like a real shot uh, of winning the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I still think that I still think they're too deep for Portland. Uh, even though Dame is going to catch, he Dame is going to get like a 50 point game in this series. He's going to go. Yeah, that'll be one of the point. ones they win. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, I, to be honest, I think this is the most entertaining series of the first round until we know wh- who LA and golden state are going to be playing. Cause it, L.A. and well, even Golden State and Phoenix, but I I really want L.A. and Phoenix. So I guess I, I'm sort of rooting for the Lakers over Golden State because I think that is a phenomenal series. Frank, I gave my uh, I gave my my biggest threat in in the East uh, as 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 Brooklyn, and and you know we can wrap it up here. If I'm being honest with you, I think the biggest threat in the West it's a team that hasn't really got a ton of national coverage just because of where they are and like when they play watch out for phoenix man watch out for phoenix uh chris paul obviously still hasn't won a a finals um but i think he's on the right it's interesting how that fit ended up working out so well because at the time you're thinking sons that just doesn't really seem like the best fit but He's playing good ball. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton's there. Um, Devin Booker. Like, I, I think the Suns are going to be uh, a, a team to watch out for uh, in the in They're very good. That's, one of my, I think that's going to be my biggest threat right now to win the West. One of my good friends, he, he, he's in our, uh, our group chat with Nas. He's a big Suns fan. He's been a Suns fan forever. Uh, and he's really excited. Obviously, very cautiously excited. Um, and I keep telling them, and, and since you brought up the Suns, I'm just going to go ahead and say it here. The Phoenix Suns versus the New York Knicks. Who says no? Who says no? <laughs> Me? Fuck I'm in. I, come on. <laughs> Derrick Rose in the finals against Chris Paul? But I don't, I don't want Derrick Rose to win a, win a finals, like, that isn't on the Bulls, you know? He's, he, I mean, if he's going to win one, it's going to have to be not on the Bulls. He's not coming back. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for for this uh for this year's playoffs, man. I mean, it's just like again, e- even if it winds up being like Brooklyn versus the Lakers, you know, you got your Durant. It just feels different. Like it feels like they can get bounced in any series. Like it, it, this, yeah. the feeling of parity is enough for me. If I can convince myself to be like, hey, Phoenix may take out the Lakers in round one, or you know. Brooklyn may have a tough time with this. Like, give me, and th- this is at least bringing that. Because a lot of the times we do that in 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 football as well. Tom Brady, it, and that's more to his testament than the lack of parity in the NFL. He's been winning Super Bowls forever now. But it's like, hey, the, the Jaguars may take him out, and they almost did. You know what I mean? Like, there's these games where you're like, oh, they uh, just they, they had they, him. Quick correction, they did take him out, and the refs fucking boned him. All right. Well, 
let's uh, let's oh, be real. The Jaguars took out that that bitch that bitch Tom Brady, bitch Jesus boy Brady. Jack. I mean, come and on. I can't wait a- until the Bears and Justin Fields fucking takes it down this year again, Frank. Oh, oh, four, oh, fourth is it fourth down? Yeah, no, that was fourth down, <laughs> idiot. Jesus Christ. All right, Jackie, it has been an absolute pleasure. Listeners, if you've made it this far, you are appreciated. Remember, like, subscribe on YouTube, share. We're everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, if we are not uh, on the, the podcast app of your choice, let me know. It's very easy. Just a couple of clicks to get it up there. Um, Jackie, I appreciate you, man. It's been another good one. Look at this, Frank. You got through an entire episode, just you and me talking basketball. Yeah, I really miss Nas, though. I know he has some takes. We're going to have to do another playoff episode sooner rather than later because he has got some scorchers. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I, I think I think when the actual playoffs start, we might have to bring him back. And maybe, you know what, maybe maybe we'll give it a couple games. Maybe we'll give it a couple yeah. games to play out a little bit. We'll see how some series are going, and then we'll kind of take it from there. But, uh, Frank, always talk, always great speaking with you. Um, you know, maybe we'll get back to some NFL next week. Uh, I just want to keep talking about Justin Fields forever, Frank. That, that's what too. I'm here for. Uh, but we I appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody.